Finish what you started and earn your nursing or health sciences degree. Rasmussen College offers more than 20 innovative healthcare programs that provide a high level of support. When it comes to your education, you can continue living your life and benefit from flexible online and accelerated learning options as you earn your degree without sacrificing your schedule. Bring it home and see where it takes you. Learn more at rasmussen.edu. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit. With subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined us tonight from whatever time zone you're listening to. If you're listening from across the United States, the Philippines, or Africa, whatever part of the country you're listening to, we're so delighted to have you here. And we're, we've been doing a, a series on healing. It's called Healing is the Children's Bread, and we're delighted to have special guest, uh, Dr. Frank Sumrall. And uh, he's been 50 years in the ministry, mind and man of God. He's been all over the world teaching the uh, gospel and witnessing and evangelizing and leading lots of people to Christ and lots of miracles. And with no further ado, um, we're going to turn you over to Dr. Frank Summerall. Dr. Frank, take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Well, thank you very much, Deborah. So good to be with you tonight. And uh, what we are discussing, we're still talking about that same subject having to do with healing is the children's bread. So we believe tonight that we have more to speak about that. We're going to hold on to that for a while because so many times, so many people have asked the question, is healing in the atonement or not? And so we say yes, irrevocably yes, because what happened to Jesus stripes upon his back prophesied by Isaiah, and so many things that happened through his body, the punishment that he had inflicted upon him by the Romans. And so as that punishment was going on, the Bible said, the Bible says in in Isaiah that it actually pleased the Lord to bruise him. And so he has taken that punishment that would have been ours and We're going to read here from in the New Testament here in Mark, chapter 7. We'll begin about verse 24. And from thence he rose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon, entered into the house, and what knew no man knew it, but could not be hid. For a certain woman, whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She's Greek origin. And besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of a daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be first be filled. It's not proper to take children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, what he was saying that she's not Jewish, that she's a Gentile. Therefore, the Jewish people receive first, then the Gentiles. That's what he was saying to her. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, but the dogs under the table 
the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For that saying, go your way. The devil has gone out of your, your daughter. And when she was come up out of the house, she found the devil was gone out, and her daughter was laying upon the bed. What a miracle. Healing is the children's bread means it belongs to us. Jesus paid for it. Stripes were laid upon his back for our healing. So in every situation, uh, uh, we hear of the just recently of that disease called Ebola. I don't care what is the name of the disease. God's power is greater than any disease. And we've seen it happen all over in the United States and around the world. One of the great stories is told about John Lake and having malaria, and they put it under a microscope, and they put it on his hand, and it died because the power of God was so strong in him. The Bible tells us no weapon formed against shall or will prosper. Several years back, they had an influenza epidemic up in Indiana, and the hospitals were full of people having influenza. Some of them were extremely sick. From our church, it wasn't too far from where we were, the, the epidemic, with the epicenter of it, I'd say around Laporte area. It's about 25, 30 miles outside of South Bend. So we went to these hospitals in, in the locale. And as we were there, we started going to each of the rooms, noticing where they were. And so at that time, we were on radio all the time. We had a program called May I Help You Please, and basically what it was for is for the people calling in asking for prayer, and we would pray for them at that segment of time. They were getting healed, set free, glory of God was coming. So in the hospital, when they heard my voice, Brother Murphy was there with me, that's my uncle, but we would just, you know, be praising the Lord and, and uh, praying for people. They could hear our voice beckoning to us, come to my room, we need a healing. Well, that day we had a mighty powerful time. One of the things, one of the doctors, I think it was about the third floor. We already got to the third floor before he was going to say, wait a minute, what position or what right do you be in the hospital doing this? So he asked the question. He said, have you been inoculated? Now, I know what he meant, but I've been getting to testify to him that the inoculation I had was the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I said, I'm not going to get the flu. I will not get the flu. And we're praying for people to be released from the flu. So he said, I've got business to attend to. He did, went to another couple floors, and he didn't bother us anymore. So it was interesting going from room to room to room to room to room, seeing God's power in such evidence. He had an epidemic. They called it an epidemic. So I don't care what kind of sickness, what kind of pain, what kind of situation you're in, that our God heals. His son had stripes laid upon his back. So that gives a kind of a preface in understanding what we're talking about in the area of healing. One of the things I want to direct your attention to, and which is quite interesting, and so as we would look at that here, program we're going to deal with, and maybe you haven't heard it this way before, but we're going to deal with some of the reasons that sickness has attached itself to the human race. And uh, so when God created man in the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness. 
So sin entered in to the Garden of Eden and literally actually caused death. Well, sickness is limited death. You find in Deuteronomy, in the 28th chapter, this has to do with the fact if you're going to believe, you can receive. If you do not believe, then therefore you're allowed to have these kind of things. No. Listen to Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. It shall come to pass if you will not hearken or listen to the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Now, here's the good news. From verse 1 to verse 14, it's the blessing. If you do this, the reciprocal action of Almighty God to the children of Israel also can be applicable to ourselves. And so from verse 1 to verse 14, we have the blessing. Then on the other side of 14, verse 15 to verse 68 are the curses. You're going to be cursed here. You're going to this and this problem and that problem. The other problem is because you're not abiding in truth. So sickness is limited death. Now, let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat it. For the day that you eat of it thereof, you should surely die. Now, let me ask the question. What died in the garden of Eden? The mind didn't die because Adam had named all of the animals. His body didn't die. He lived 930 years. So the only thing that could have died was his relationship to God called the spirit. The spirit died. That is it. The day that you eat thereof, you're going to die. Tells us here in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death was passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, and they have come short of the glory of God. Here's some things that we're going to look at here. Sickness came at that fall. It happened then. You can find Genesis 3, how the serpent beguiled Eve. Eve received what he had to say, and at that point in time, this serpent was a, a creature that stood up, and the first thing that that creature said, has God said, questioning the authority of Almighty God. Amazing. And so when the serpent asked Eve, he said, yes, God said this, you will not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, neither shall you touch it. Now, God didn't say that, lest you die. He said, if you eat of it, you're going to die. She all put to the word of God. Now, let's watch this in progression. Going over from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, into the book of Numbers. So Satan, we know, is the author and the very one that is the foundation of sickness by disobedience. In Numbers 21, we find that the children of Israel, that God permitted the poisonous snakes to bite the people, and much of the people of Israel died. You'll find this in Numbers chapter 21, verses 6 through 9. 
Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned. We've spoken against the Lord, against you. Pray to the Lord that he will take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said unto Moses, make a fiery serpent or a poisonous serpent. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. That's why Jesus said there in John chapter 3, if I be like as Moses lifted up the serpent of the windlass, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Which means to us, if we will look at Jesus, we will live and not die. All right? Now, let's look at another one here. This has to do sometimes sickness. The origin of it is satanic. That means the devil has brought this. Now, you say, well, how is that possible? All right, I'm glad you asked that question. Look with me over here in Mark chapter 5. This is the story of the demoniac. This is a man that is possessed with the devil. You see, there's more than several stages to getting to possession. All these things that we see through the word of God give us an idea. This man is totally possessed. They're crossing Lake Galilee. They're in the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. A lot of them. His dwelling was among the tombs, and no man could tame him. No, not even with chains. Because it had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. The night and the day, the mountains, he cried. And cutting himself with stones, he was trying to destruct himself, trying to destroy himself. All these things that happened. Because that's what the enemy likes. You know what's a strange thing? Listen to me for a moment. Sometimes in our schools we have people called cutters. That does not come from God. Trying to destroy yourself, cutting your flesh. And they say, well, you get a kick out of it. Well, you should cut yourself too many times. You got too much bloodletting, you're going to die. That's not the way God wants it. We're not to cut our skins. We're not to destroy ourselves. That's in a trick of the enemy, causing that destruction, causing those things. Notice that he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But look at here, verse 6 is wonderful. When he saw Jesus, we're talking about the man, afar off he ran and worshipped him. Now here's the news on this. That if you want to be free of anything, I don't care what it is, your will is stronger than any power the devil has. Whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be fornication, whether it be whatever it might be, pornography, you can be free in the name of Jesus. This man had over 2,000 demons in him. Because that's how many things were choked. Right there. They cut you the gatherings. But yet... Satan could not stop this man from getting to Jesus. Those of you listening out there, that you have a problem, you need to be set free. Jesus is your answer. He can and will set you free of any and everything. Now, here's the question. The man, he came to worship Jesus, not the devil, not the demons. The man came. And when Jesus saw the action of this man, that's when he, further on, 
And he said, all right. And then the next verse, he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. Now, the man wasn't speaking, but the demon through him was, causing these languages or whatever to come out. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said to the man, come out of him. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then there were a bunch of pigs on the other side. And so we know that the country of the Gadarenes, they weren't Jewish people. So they had pigs. They had these pigs. And the demon says, let us go into those pigs. And when that happened, they all went crazy, went down the water, and they drowned themselves. Now, the reason Jesus left it, because the very owners of all those pigs got upset because their pigs died. All of the pigs died. And finally, they said they prayed him to leave their area, to leave our area, because of all the things that has happened and that has taken place. Now, that's just in Mark chapter 5. But what do we have here in Luke chapter 13? In Luke 13, we have a story which is very interesting, very wonderful. And what it's basically dealing with is satanic operation, the operation of Satan. And the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I'm come to give you life and life more abundantly. 13th chapter, let's look at about verse uh, 16. 13 and 16. This has to do with the fact of a woman being bound by the enemy. Notice what Jesus said. Well, go back a little bit. It talks about that. It said, as he was teaching, verse 10, in the synagogue on the Sabbath, there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together, bowed together, that she couldn't even lift up. When Jesus saw her, he called her and he said, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days which men ought to work. In them they come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered, You hypocrite. Then every one of you on the Sabbath day lose his ox or his donkey from the, and lead him away to watering? And then he asks the question here in verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, that means she was under covenant, whom Satan hath bound. Satan hath bound this woman. That's why she was bound for 18 years. These 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. <laughs> they should have been rejoicing, praising, blessing in the name of the Lord. Now, how do we know that this sickness is an oppression of the enemy? How do we know that? Look at Acts 10, chapter, Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. What about doing good? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's just right there. The oppression comes from the enemy. Where God was with him. So the oppression of the enemy didn't say that the possession, it says oppression. 
all that were oppressed of the devil. This lady here was 18 years in bondage. How many people do you around about you that have been sick for such a long, long time? I believe God can set them free. He can heal them. He can make them well and whole and healed by his mighty power. Hallelujah. Now, also, listen to this. Sickness actually can be a result of various activities. A lot of sickness is caused by the way people live. You say, what do you mean about that? Well, I tell you what, you go down to McDonald's all the time and eat that stuff, all that, all that junk down there and all the fries down there, and I don't even eat that stuff anymore. I used to. You know, there was a time in my life that I was close to 300 pounds. 300 pounds. How about 6'1". And so uh, that was not a good way for me. And uh, couldn't hardly move around at all. I like to eat, so I, but I tell you what, it was like shovel it in, shovel it in, shovel it in. The Bible tells us our bodies are the temples of God. We've got to watch what we put in our mouth. You've got to be very careful that way. And I've been doing that consistently for a number of years now which I am doing better. An improper diet will allow the enemy to come in and cause some things to your body. Uh, Bless her heart. A lady I knew years and years ago had a problem with sugar diabetes, but she can never release herself to push herself away from sugar. Every morning she had to have strawberries and a piece of toast. I was talking preserves. Strawberry preserves with wonderful wheat toast, and she had that every morning. And when her doctor was telling her, said, uh, you can't do this. You did, you're going to destroy your body. Well, she died at an early age. She didn't even make it to the age of 60. And so a lot of people didn't understand why this lady passed away. And finally the doctor said, because she did not obey the laws, which she should have done. She had sugar diabetes in her, and she, didn't, she had a sweet tooth. <laughs> I wonder how many like that. We have things that we like that we shouldn't have. And then usually in that situation, that the lack of exercise. You don't exercise. Well, living here in Florida, I've got to the point now where I like to walk all the time. So I walk maybe two miles, maybe three miles, maybe even more. So I constantly exercise, get myself in shape. You need your rest. Now, they usually tell us you need an eight-hour sleep or six hours, whatever. Whatever your body takes, then that's what you should have. That's how much rest you should have. Don't try to burn the candle on both ends. It won't work. It just won't work. But here are some other things you can consider. Sometimes sickness comes to you because you're filled with weary. You have a worry thing. I wonder about the bills. I wonder about this. I wonder about my children. I wonder about how am I going to get this money. I wonder about the, this car. I want, And you just go on and on. You have worry. God didn't call you to worry. Yes. Your mind. It said, let this mind. You've got to have the mind of Christ. And it, as we understand that. Another great thing that would hinder us in our walk in the direction of truth is fear. Now, you, you've often heard it, and I'll say it again. There's fear appearing real. That's what I call it. False evidence appearing real. Fear. Now, where did fear come in? Fear came in the garden. Because when they were naked, and they knew they were naked, and they hid themselves, what did the first thing they said? And we did fear you. We had fear on us. That's where it started. 
but a person that's in God, loving God, serving God, worshiping God, they can be free from all kinds of fear. We need to walk in faith, not in fear. Fear's an enemy. Fear's an enemy to faith. Uh, several years back, I, I uh, knew a good friend of mine, and he owned a couple barber shops, and so, but he was going to psychiatrists all the time. So, what in the world are you going to all these psychiatrists for? He said, "Well, they're trying to rid me from my fear." I said, "Man, all you need to do is get saved, got to turn around, you can get healed from this thing. Cast fear out in the name of Jesus." Now, remember when they were crossing Lake Galilee? And the storm came up. And Jesus asked the question, why are you so fearful? And they said, oh, no, 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 the wind, the wave. We look like we're going down. looks like we're going under. Maybe they had a lot of water in the boat. It's better for the water to be out of the boat than in the boat. Granted on that. So the fear that the enemy will work on us all the time, we need to cover that with the blood of Jesus and say, devil, Ye will not cause me to fear. Now, generally, it starts with children at a very young age. I've seen it happen many times, that they're afraid of the dark. They have to have a light on. Now, that's not the way I was raised. I tell you what, when lights out, baby, it was lights out. Again, you've got to remember, too, that in the fifth grade, I went to a military school. And in that military school, when they said lights out, your lights better be out or you'll be marching a long time. They did all kinds of things to us back there in, the, in, in that school. I won't even say what school it is, but anyway, it, it, it was a, an episode of life. We'll put it that way. All right. Now, watch this here. So in this, we can see all these different things that the Lord wants us to know and to understand how we can be free in every area of our life. No fear. We don't walk in fear. The Bible tells us perfect love casts out fear. Another translation would say, as your love matures, love toward God, then fear can't take you over. Fear is a wicked thing. And a lot of things we fear about, they never will happen. That's just another trick of the enemy. See, the devil's been at it a long time. He sure is not going to give up. But we know that he's a loser. Because I read the back of the book and we win. Hallelujah. We win, we win, we win, we win, we win. Glory to his holy, precious name. Oh, hallelujah. I can't believe how how, how fast that this time of speaking to you leaves. It's just so fast. It's just amazing. Uh, one of the things I want to bring to your attention, a lot of things I say don't only come from my knowledge but it comes from different books. Like one of the books I'm reading right now is called Christ the Healer. I suggest that you get this book by F.F. F. Bosworth. And all of the miracle rallies that he had around the world, how God blessed and God healed and God set the captive free in such amazing ways. Today we have many men and women of God causing great miracles to happen. And guess what? I'll tell you this much. We're living the days of acceleration of his power and his glory and his majesty. And healing is greater now than it ever has been. Until we see Jesus face to face, it's going to get greater. Because did, did you read that in Romans? Here's what it says. 
it, it says that the earth groans and travails to see the, the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. That means in these last days, the sons of God will be manifested, full of glory, full of power, full of victory, full of life. And as they go throughout the land, they'll be singing the songs of Zion, coming against every satanic thought and plan and purpose the enemy has placed out there. Oh, I, I was just talking to an African brother today from uh, Cameroon, and uh, he, he goes over here to the river school. And we were talking about that, and, and I was telling him that in the last few years, I've noticed an increase of the occult, cults in our land. And I said, we don't need this. We don't need this. We need to combat that with the name of Jesus and show them what truth is. Just like all the way back then. You know what? There in 1 Kings 18, well, let's look at that for a moment. In 1 Kings 18, there was a confrontation. That's what we need to come up to again, another confrontation having to do with the fact. Oh, hallelujah. 1 Kings 18. We know what it's about. We've heard it many times, but let's hear it one more time. And he even gave them the first chance. He, he gave them the opportunity to make it right. First Kings chapter 18. I'll just read just a few verses here because it's so good. I've got my own marked up. And uh, this is what happens. So what happens is they have a very strong situation in regard to confrontation. And it says here, he said, I will call on my God, and we will put a bullet down. And anything, we'll fix that bullet up, we'll cut that bullet up, and we'll put on stone, but don't put any fire under it. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. That's showing that, that the demon activities, they were so deceived, they believed, these people of Baal, they believed. And it, this is in verse 26. And they called on the name of Baal from the morning to the evening to the noon, saying, oh, here is Baal, here is. But there was no voice. And they leaped upon the altar, which was already made. And it came to pass that Elijah mocked him and said, cried aloud, he's a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing out for a journey, or he, he's on a journey, and for adventure, he's even asleep. <laughs> he must be awakened, and they cried aloud, and they cut themselves with all manner of knives and lancets until the blood gushed out upon them. It came to pass when the midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering. The evening sacrifice, later in the afternoon, there was neither voice, nor answer, nor anything that was regarded. And Elijah, verse 30, said to all the people, come here to me. All the people came near to him. What did he do? First thing, he repaired the altar, because they had jumped on it and crashed it. And the Lord, and what they did, and Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. When the word of the Lord came, Israel shall be your name. 
and the stones he built up in the name of the Lord. He made a trench right around the altar. Imagine this. Now, you've got to remember that in this chapter, they were in drought for three and a half years. Three and a half years. Where were they going to find that water? Well, the man of God, he trusted God so much, he made a trench. <laughs> and then he poured the water in it. He said, let's do it three times. And he filled up the four barrels three times. That's where above the water. He said, do it the second time. He said, do it the third time. And so what did he do? What did this man do? He was said, I'm going to put God to the test. I don't care how bad it is, what they think about it. I'm going to put water around here. I'm going to get this thing ready to go, and God is going to take care of it. And then here's what he said. It's so good. Verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, I hear that the people may know that you are the God, that you turn their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed and burnt the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is the God. And the Lord, he is God. <laughs> and then it tells all the what happened after that. Glory to God, I tell you. That's what we need right there. We need the power of confrontation showing who our God is, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, how you're healing, and how you set in the captive free. And, and there's somebody out there right now I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with. I see this right now, that, that, that you're under great confusion. I don't know what your confusion point is or what it might be, but in the name of Jesus, I come against that attack. I come against confusion. I come against depression. I come against the attack of the enemy in your body. Whatever pain you have in your body goes in Jesus' name right now. Leave. I said leave right now. I said leave right now. Go in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. That's it. Raise your hands. Give him praise. Give him worship. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One of the big things that holds back men and women from the blessings of the Lord is they're living in immorality. Notice what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, flee fornication. This is what it means. Run from it. Every sin that man does is without the body. That he committed fornication, sin against his own body. So this is the will of God, even your sanctification. This is First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three seven. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. And every one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Uh, verse five of First uh, Thessalonians four. It says, "Not in the lust of uh, concupiscence." which means an outflowing of sin. That's what that means. Even as Gentiles, which know not God. Verse 6, that no man go beyond defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. So we have forewarned you and testified, but God has not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Hallelujah. That's it right there. Releasing yourselves to God and living for God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, here's here's another big one. 
not being able to forgive. Unforgiveness. In Matthew chapter 6, we see this, verse 14 to 15. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Going down to Hebrew chapter 12, we're looking at about verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you, unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, or faint when you're rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. For what son is he that father chasteneth not? But if you're without chastisement, where we're all partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? That is a strong word. Oh, it's only the Holy Spirit can work in our hearts and lives and cause us and want us to live holy. Holy, holy. Now, that, that that's another thing I want to say to you is God is a holy God. We read a holy Bible. There is a holy land. <laughs> Hallelujah. That word holy. Holy anointing oil. Everything God has for I, I want to say this again. I haven't had too much response on this view. But write me at my address here at 12808 Adventure Drive, Riverview, Florida, 33579. And just take a handkerchief and send it to me. I will oil that handkerchief with the anointing oil. And send it back to you. And I guarantee you, the freedom of God, the healing of the Lord will come. Because that's what Paul says in the book of Acts, in chapter 19, verse 10. I believe it, and I receive it. And I'm talking to several people. You need to be obedient to do that. Be obedient. I'll take care of the postage and everything else. and just send it. Hallelujah. God's going to do great things, wonderful things, for his children. For his children. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you every part of us, Lord, in total surrender. Now, let's get to the good side of healing here. Look in Proverbs chapter 4. We've been looking about verse 18. Start there. But the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. It says, the way of the wicked is darkness, but they know not why they stumble. My son, attend to my word, decline thy ears to my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them where in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out it are the issues of life. Put away from your forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from you. Let your eyes look right on. Let your eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Hallelujah. That's God's promise of help. All the way there in Proverbs chapter 4, 
We're talking from verse 18 to verse 27. Every one of those could be mentioned, could be preached on, could be taught on, but I'm just giving them to you right now. Take it down, study it, look at it in the message translation. Look at it in the Amplified or any other translation. It does say about the same thing. Having, in fact, the word of God will bring you health and healing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be your name. See, here's the deal. Let us look over here in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. He said, I am come. Who's that? Jesus. I am come that they might have life, that we might have life. How? More abundantly. Brother and sister, if you're not having the abundance of life, you're not living in the place you could live in. You need to come up. Come up a little higher. Do what Jesus said do. It says you can have the abundance of life. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. But I like this part right here. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Why? That he might destroy. Did you hear that? The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. When he gets around Christmas time, and they have little baby Jesus, and they have everything else, you know, that's wonderful, that's nice. But the reason Jesus came is to do what I said right here in First John 3 and 8. He has come to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he was manifested. Hallelujah. Walk in that. Believe that. Talk that. Live that. Oh, hallelujah. Let these words surround you like the surround sound. Let these words surround you, the word of the living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We, we have got so much to say, <laughs> but we'll leave it for the next time because we're winding down right now. Believe it or not, I'm trying to wind down a little bit. But I tell you, the anointing's here, the glory's here, the victory's here, the blessing's here, all the things God calls to do. We feel his power. Oh, thank you, Lord, right now. Right now, put your hand on your head right there. Put your hand on your head. Put your hand on your head. Receive the power of Almighty God in the name of Jesus. Whatever nation, whatever city, all the countries of the world, wherever you're listening to this broadcast, receive God's power. The transmission of heaven is transmitting your way. That's what I like to say. The transmission of heaven is transmitting your way. Oh, be healed. Well, there's some out there that don't quite understand the fact of salvation. Salvation, we must be born again. Jesus said that in John chapter 3. I want you to pray this prayer after Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for setting me free. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for all the things you've done for me. And I receive you as my personal Savior. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I walk toward righteousness today. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. That's what the Word says. With the believing of your heart, the speaking of your mouth, you're born again. Glory to God. Now, you need to rejoice. Thank God for it. Every day, jump out of bed and thank you for salvation. 
He brought salvation in the way today. Salvation is an inclusive word. It's not selective. It's inclusive. That means it contains all, contains healing. Because in the Greek, it's so-so. Yeah, look it up. So-so, which means the fact that you can have salvation in every area. Oh, glory, 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 glory. I'm feeling the anointing. I'm feeling waves of glory over me right now. The waves of glory are rolling on me right now. And send them your way in the name of Jesus. We send the glory waves your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm I'm half under the spirit right now. (laughs) Oh, my, 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 my. (laughs) Oh, I'm having a hard time to compose myself, which I usually don't get to that area too many times. But I'm telling you what, I feel the anointing, I feel the glory, I feel his power, I feel his presence. I want you to lift your hands out of love to Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I honor you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Say that with every fiber of your being. And you feel his wonderful, glorious presence coming down on you, causing the good things of heaven to come in your way. Tomorrow, if you the Fire Talk Radio from 6 to 7, we're dealing with the book of Daniel. We'll be speaking about chapter 5 of Daniel, a very interesting message at that time. So we're so glad to be with you, glad to share with you the kingdom principles and showing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Well, raise your hands, give you praise, give you worship, give you honor, give you glory. Shout if you want to. That's what the Bible talks about. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we do in our church. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So if you're anywhere close to 100 miles of this church, come to the river. You shall and will be blessed. It's such a mighty. Pastors Rodney and Adonica, Howard Brown, great pastors. Come to see him, know him. Oh, it is wonderful. It is so good. It is so good, so good. Lord is blessed. It's a marvelous way. The river, the school, you need to get in the school. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just was talking to a policeman that moved from another state, moved on down, and he's coming out of Bible college. He actually finished his, his work there as a policeman in that city. How amazing, totally amazing. So we thanking God for what God has done. Brother, I'd love to remember your name, but at this point in time, I, I can't remember your name. But I see your face, and the Lord knows that I enjoy talking to you and your lovely wife. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel his presence. I feel his glory. His love him. Serve him. Praise him. The Bible says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why we have kingdom power and glory and majesty working in us tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to that name. Oh, hallelujah. Sing about him. Talk about him. Love him. Serve him. Every part of your being should vibrate under the power of Almighty God. Glory, glory, glory. His marvelous, precious, holy name. We will bow at your knee, Lord. 
We love you. We serve you. We praise you. We adore you. Our hands are lifted high to the King of Kings, unto the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. God bless you, my friends. Good being with you tonight. So you be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. God bless you. My, 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 it's been wonderful. Yes, I feel my, 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 Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why can we say so? Because we have the right to say so. Amen. So awesome. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, I better let you go right now because I feel like preaching all night. (laughs) Well, you can preach all night if you want to. You're more than welcome. I tell you, it's really hot in here, and and it's not because... Uh, I'll tell you what. One of these days I'll do that. One of these days I'll do that. Okay. Because right now I'm, I'm feeling just a little bit exhausted because yeah. I have delivered my soul. I have delivered my soul. Praise God. So to all those friends listening, and we bless you in the mighty, holy, precious name of Jesus, the Son of the living God. Mm-hmm. Be blessed, body, soul, and yeah. spirit. Praise God. Good talking to you. The Lord bless you. Good and have a great night. You. I'm so glad you came, Brother Frank. I just wanted to Amen. tell you real quick. My whole body Amen. is hot, and it's really hot in here. Yeah, the air conditioning doesn't work. <laughs> uh-huh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Keith. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks okay. again. Don't God forget, God. tomorrow between 6 and 7. It's going to be another powerful night. Okay. Bless yes. you. God bless you. Okay. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye-bye. My, 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 what a powerful, powerful teaching. As, as Brother Frank was saying, it gets it gets better all the time. That was wonderful. As I was telling him, this, this whole, it's really, really hot in here. And it's not because the air conditioning's not working or it's not because it's hot outside or interior. It's because my body's hot. I, I feel the fire of God, and I love the fire of God. And it's just his presence. It's so wonderful. He makes his servants as ministers of uh, his ministers flames of fire, and I feel his fire, and it feels wonderful. It's wonderful to be in his presence, and it's wonderful to learn all of these things that Dr. Frank Summerall is teaching us. And did you notice that he did not his call did not get dropped one single time tonight? Praise God! We were believing for that. <laughs> His call has been dropped so many times, but we prayed tonight before the show and we came in agreement that it would not get dropped and it didn't get dropped. (laughs) So we're happy about that. You know, Brother Frank was talking about, um, right before he left, he was talking about, about um, laying, you know, he told us to get a, to put our hand on our head and then to receive to receive the blessing and he he prayed over us and he he just you know so i i did that i put my hand on my head and i received the blessing and i was um 
thinking about Mark 16, verses 17 through 18. And it speaks and it says, And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, it's important for me to to make a point here. This is not saying to, to that you just play with snakes um, and they won't bite you. Uh, you can play with poisonous snakes, so you, you'll be fine. Or if you drink poison on purpose, that you're going to be fine. It's not talking about messing around with all that. It's because um, there are some 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 people that actually play with snakes uh, as they're. And they're saying, you know, they're trying to quote up by scripture. There's this this man that used to do that, and he ended up dying as as a result of a snake bite. So it, it's not saying that, but it's it's every every born again believer. It's it's our job as a born again believer to lay hands on the sick. And this this scripture says that they will or they shall recover. It does not say they may recover. So it's it's God's word. God's word is truth. And John 17 says, uh, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. And right here is truth. Uh, They shall recover, not may recover. And also, you know, it's very important that, that when we're ministering to people, um, especially laying hands on them, that that our heart is right, because and that you know that we're not that we're not in active sin. That a person laying hands on another person, they're not in active sin, such as pornography, because they can they can transfer um, unclean spirits onto that other person, and. Um, you know, this the person that is actually in active sin needs to refrain for a while um, from laying hands on the sick. It doesn't mean they can't pray for them, uh, but just just don't lay hands on them. And even in some cases, holding hands with them and praying because you just, I mean, it's 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 just not, it's important because. Um, until you get the you actually get the victory over that sin that you're active in that you're participating in um you know especially especially pornography lust you know things of that nature um the sexual perversion then you need to refrain from laying hands on on that person because as as i said it's it's very very important because um uh, that person may be healed from from what's going on, or it may just disappear or or, or lay dormant until the. Uh, but you know they'll have another problem, such as lust or pornography or well, which is related all these things, and they're not going to be totally healed or delivered. And you know, there was a pastor, and he was telling a story about how he he was having a revival, and he 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 invited a pastor over because he heard how this this guy they told him this guy was really a good pastor, and he he was awesome preacher, and 
uh, you know, he's just very good. And so he didn't really check him out because he just took people's word for it. And so he had him come over and, and minister at the revival. But then he, uh, you know, and so he had them lay, well, I mean, I I guess under the direction of, of this person, I mean, the direction of this man, this, this pastor or this minister laid hands on the congregation members. And not long after that, uh, there are a lot of these people coming into the person, the pastor, the the, the 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 pastor that was head over this church, and they came over and they told him that they were having they were having um, you know um, unclean thoughts. They were having lustful thoughts and um, you know sexual thoughts, things like that that were not not of God. And a lot of them, they they didn't understand it because they had never really struggled with that before. They never had an issue with it. And the thing was, it was an outbreak in the church. Um, There were, as I say, there were people that that never had that problem. So there there was a really huge outbreak in the church. And since that happened... The, the pastor, he, he tried to find out, he says, well, when, when did you begin to have this problem? And all of them, it turns out, started to have this problem when this guest speaker came. So the, the senior pastor put two and two together and realized that this person laying hands, he wasn't clean. He didn't check him out, which, you know, he feels bad for. He repented to the church and, and these things. But a lot of them, you know, it took some while, and they, he, he took them through deliverance and things like that. But we have to be very careful, as I say, if our hearts are not right. Um, if a person's heart's not right, whether they're dealing with pornography or if they just they suffer from anxiety or um, things like that, 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 you know, is a spirit that you, you're really dealing and battling with. Not, I'm not saying like something that you just have to be very, very careful and pray about it as that you're not transferring something over that is going to really hurt this person and set them back more so than they, they have already been or need to be. So that's very, very important. But the awesome fact is once you get the victory over that, you can lay hands on the sick, you know, pray about it as the Holy Ghost and and have a peace about it, lay hands on the sick, and they, they will recover. So that's that's one that's one thing. You know, I was thinking about how Peter's shadow it healed a lot of people think about being so anointed by God that your shadow is it heals somebody as they as they go by and and it's uh that's actually in uh the book of acts 
and it's Acts 5.15. And if you want to go to the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, uh, 5.15, with me. It says, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow Peter passing by might fall on some of them and and heal them. That is, I mean, that... That, that to me is, even our shadows, even, we don't even have to pray for somebody all the time. I mean, we can just walk in the room and we can actually walk by them and and have, have extend our faith um, as to that this person is going to be healed. Just if I'm walking and I see somebody in a wheelchair, maybe I don't feel led to pray for them or lay hands on them or go up to them, but I can find out where my shadow is and, and walk in such a way that my shadow walks across the person in the wheelchair and that they're going to be healed because if, if, I mean, Peter's shadow healed people and, uh, that's, and verse 16 says also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So it's God's will to heal everybody, to heal all. All means all, everybody. It doesn't matter how you were raised. All still means all. It. it, it I mean, certain people are raised raised in a religious a religious way so that um, they're raised that that it's not God's will to heal everybody, but actually it is God's will to heal everybody, and God wants us all healed, and he wants us healed now because it's his will and because he paid such a high price to have us, to buy us back. And you know when when uh, Brother Frank was talking about having the proper diet in our lives, um, he's talking about people um, who maybe ate McDonald's a lot, or you know similar kinds of foods like that, uh, just junk food, and how that can open up a door to the devil to to bring sickness in because we're not taking care of the temple of God, this this body, the temple. You know, I used to eat McDonald's myself, but it, it was years and years, I mean, like maybe 10 years, 5, 10 years, like long enough that I, since I'd had McDonald's and I actually had a hamburger. I couldn't even eat it. I had a bite, maybe two it it literally tasted like cardboard and this may sound funny but i could taste the chemicals that are in it because it has 
a lot of things that are not good for you. So, but when Brother Frank was talking about proper diet, eating right, exercising, sleeping properly, uh, not being filled with worry and fear and things like that, um, those are very important as well. Because the proper diet, I mean, we can't just live off of chocolate chip cookies. When you shared that story about that lady, unfortunately, who couldn't give up her sweet tooth and and gave in to the flesh, you know, who knows? Maybe she cut her life short. Maybe she would have lived longer if she would have eaten the right things or at least tried to eat the right things. And... I understand exercise is very important. It's not good to be sedentary and just sit around and um, just get up and and exercise. Now, sleep. Hmm. A huge percentage, I, I don't have the percentage offhand, but a huge percentage of people have insomnia. They suffer from insomnia. And you know, God God said he gives his beloved sleep, sweet sleep, or he gives to his beloved in their sleep. We're promised good sleep. And, you know, a lot a lot of people suffer from insomnia. And I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe if their diets were different, maybe if they weren't eating a lot of junk, a lot of carbs because that can make you kind of your pancreas up and down and, and you know, it makes you all up and high. And sugar, something, like especially if you have sugar, uh, if you have um, sugar problems, like low blood sugar, things like that. And if you haven't eaten all day and you decide you're going to have a, a big old huge donut or an apple fritter, you're going to get on a really big sugar high. And that sugar high is very much like a high. It's like being, it's like having alcohol or something or being drunk or doing some kind of drug. So it's not good to do that either. Having three square meals a day. And this is something that I, I got convicted on as Brother Frank was sharing that I need to, I need to eat better, you know, healthier. I need to exercise more. I need to have better sleep patterns. Just a a more a more um, just a more uh, scheduled, structured routine of eating, sleeping right, and all that. And also another thing that's very important is to drink lots of water. And as Brother Frank was saying, that the amount of sleep that's needed depends on the person and what their personal needs are. So those things is is all dependent upon their needs. So, but, and, and the same roughly goes for people drinking water. They say eight eight glasses of water a day, but I think sometimes, just research it. 
to be sure. But I know that another important thing to add to this list is drinking plenty of water. A lot of people, um, if they haven't slept right, they'll have coffee or, again, sugar. So that, that's making them have that, that high kick, that sugar kick and that sugar rush. And it will keep them up longer or, you know, it's, it's that high it's when they're on that 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 really low from not a lot of sleep or a lot of carbs and that spikes their sugar up and then they crash and then they've got a you know it's just a vicious cycle so i think a lot of the sleep patterns a lot of the insomnia could probably be cured by proper diet because and exercise really cuz Depending on the person, if they exercise, you know, some people can exercise before they go to bed or when they get up. As long as they have some kind of exercise during the day, it really helps a lot with sleep. There's a, there's a huge thing to 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 look at in that, and um, and also as Brother Frank was talking about worrying, people who worry a lot or have a lot of fear in their life, anxiety. They're not going to, I mean, these are all things that open the door to the enemy to come into our lives and, and put some kind of sickness in us, whether it's being run down, if he's putting a cold on you, or if it's aches and pains or just weariness or whatever the case may be, it's, um, it, it, you know, and it, it opens the door and, you know, God, I mean, one of our pastors, Pastor Todd, is, 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 he said something very profound. Of course, he says a lot of profound things, but he said, fear is not a feeling, it's a spirit. Now, in the book of Timothy, it talks about how God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It did not say God did not give us the feeling of fear, but God did not give us the spirit of fear. So that right there proves that fear is a spirit. It's not a feeling. It's a spirit. So we need to quote that and... um, need to quote that over our lives, uh, things like that. And just, just, um, I'll look it up for you in, in, in what, what part of the Bible it is for you. So you can, you can go to that. It's in two Timothy one seven. You'd think I know what it was by now, <laughs> but it's in two Timothy one seven for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And there are lots of, in fact, I just typed that in Google, and there are so many different translations, and so many different translations say different things. But um, just just know that, that that's a spirit, and you can rebuke that spirit, just like you can rebuke any other spirit. And just like God gave us authority over every single thing, every everything, 
you can rebuke that spirit and command it to go from your life in the name of Jesus. And Caroline Leaf has a book called Who Switched Off My Brain? And it's, it, it goes into a lot of scientific things and how strongholds are formed. And, of course, I, I can't do all that because I, I don't know exactly. She's done all the research for a really, really long time. But I would highly recommend getting that book, Car- Caroline Leaf. It talks about toxic thoughts, um, how a lot of our thoughts, are contribute that the negative thoughts they turn into toxic thoughts and actually toxins in our bodies that make us sick. So as 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 a man thinks in his heart, so so is he. And it being very very important to control our thoughts and to to cast down every vain thought and imagination that exalts itself above the word of God, above the knowledge of God. And 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 taking the, into captivity every every of those thoughts into the obedience of God. And in fact, I think that I'm going to look that up. In I'm going to look that one up for you as well. Taking taking every thought captive. That's in two Corinthians ten five. And it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. So it's very, very important to, to have that, uh, to have that, to have our, our take our our thoughts captive. So um, now, also when when Brother Frank was sharing, oh, let me just give out the number real quick so you can call if you would like to call into the studio if you'd like to speak or or things like that. It's um, area code 646-668-2093. That's area code 646-668-2093. You can call in and, and, um, and uh, so we'd love to have you call in with questions, prayer requests, anything like that. You're more than welcome to call in. Now, when when Brother Frank was he was he was sharing and he was um, talking about uh, the man at the the Gadarene, you know, the man that was uh, very he was possessed with over two thousand devils and he's a naked and in, in ch- he chains, but he wasn't in chains for long because he he broke those chains. the The strength of the devils broke the chains, and so when he broke those chains. Um, and the and then you know the the the, the demons were cast into the the swine and, and the man was set free and the demons they were gone and as Frank was talking about that man being possessed you know there is a um, progression 
Now, I'm not sure exactly sure which one comes first, but I know there's obsession and then oppression and then demonic possession. So the um, now, just to let you know, a lot of people have this this question: uh, Can a Christian be possessed? The answer is no. A Christian spirit cannot be possessed because they, the Holy Spirit, it's it's he lives in their he lives in their spirit. They can't be possessed, but they can be oppressed. They can be harassed by devils, whether it's a you know a depressive. Depression, a spirit of depression that tries to come back. It's, it's, it's a familiar spirit, one that's familiar with their ways, familiar with their weaknesses, familiar with ways that they've fallen in the past. So, um, a Christian, no, they cannot be possessed. But I will tell you one thing: if 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 that Christian continues in that sin to where they don't repent and they keep doing that and doing that and doing that long enough to where they've crossed the line, then they can, then then they're no longer, they can get to where they're possessed because they're no longer Christian and they no longer are, they've just been cut off without a remedy. But people who are not, are not, um, Saved are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody who does not have Jesus in the heart, they can be, they can be possessed by by the devil or devils. Now, the devil. There's one main devil that. One thing I I learned in demonology, which or angelology, was that there was one main demon that does the possess to possessing, but then there's a bunch of other ones that can come in. And take up take up residency. So I mean, Beelzebub called the Lord of the Flies, and uh, and that's what um, the demons. There is uh, this whole thing on demonology is very interesting, actually. But um, I just wanted to let you know about that. And when he was talking about, because um, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people have that that question about can a Christian be possessed. And also, um, Dr. Frank Summerall was talking about the, the man, how he was cutting himself, and and then he spoke about about people, whether they're in schools or even adults. I know of adults that that cut on themselves. It's not just the children in the schools. It's it's also it's also at times it, it can be adults. So. Um, But uh, I want to let you know, um, I just want to let you know, I'm going to pray for anybody, no matter what age you are, that cuts on yourself. I want to let you know right now that if you're saved, if you're born again, if you have Jesus in your heart, you have the temple of the living God, and you're 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 defiling the temple and, and God says if we defile the temple he will destroy that temple. And it's it's the self destructive spirit is not of God as Dr. Frank Summerall was saying. And so 
just to let you know that I understand that sometimes there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different reasons that people cut themselves and some of that is for control some of that is because they the the pain that they feel is so intense that they cut on themselves to 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 not even so they so that is a distraction from from that pain. As I said, there's a lot of different reasons because God delivered me. I used to be a cutter, and God delivered me, and I I thank Him for it. I praise Him for it. I don't cut myself anymore, and I thank God for that. I thank Him that He took all of that from me. But there are different reasons that I cut. I mean, uh, sometimes I, I couldn't feel anything at all. Like there was a time in my life I, I couldn't even cry at all for years. I mean, it was so frustrating because, yes, it's painful to cry, but at least I can cry now today, thank God. But there was a time I could not cry, and that's not healthy at all to not cry and it doesn't it doesn't feel good to have all those feelings bottled up. So there was a time the times I would do it when I I I I couldn't feel anything or I couldn't quite express that. I'd stuff so many things down and so I'd cut so that I could feel something. I could express the pain some way. And like I said, other times it was because I was experiencing too much emotional pain that I'd cut, so that it was a distraction. And there are people nowadays, like I've, I've, from what I understand, there there are children out there who have not been disciplined correctly. I'm not talking about abuse, but I'm talking about who have not been disciplined correctly. Their their parents just let them have free reign to do whatever. And these are children from like any age, from 12, 13, even younger, that just they they don't take an interest in who their friends are. They they don't investigate all that to the point where these children are cutting on themselves because they're trying to just discipline themselves. They're just you know because this is it's just all all kinds of reasons people cut. But right now I want to tell you that you are worth something, and God loves you right now over that cutting in the name of Jesus I break its power in the name of Jesus I bind it in the name of Jesus I bind that spirit of cutting I bind that spirit of self-destruction in the name of Jesus I bind it right now I, I put the blood of Jesus on you right now in the name of Jesus you will not harass those people any longer at all. I command you to go from them now in the name of Jesus. Do not come back. Wander dry and barren desert places, searching for rest and finding none. I forbid you in their lives anymore. You will not harass them. You bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus is above the, every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every name shall bow. Cutting and self-destructive spirits bow to the name of Jesus. And go in the name of Jesus. I set you free. I set you free right now in the name of Jesus. Be 
healed, be made whole in the name of Jesus and be tormented no more. The spirit and the, the peace of God, the peace beyond understanding upon your life right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for setting them free. I thank you for setting them free in the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, the name above every name in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that, Father God. I thank you for that right now. I thank you. I thank you so much for for freeing and setting these people free, Father. I just thank you so very much. So very much for setting these people free, setting these people free, these cutters free. They're no no longer cutters anymore. No longer cutters. I thank you for that. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for letting them know how much they're loved. I thank you, Father God. I thank you that they, they are not tormented anymore. And I give you praise. I give you praise, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your delivering power. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I was praying and I was praying and asking the Lord, what was one thing he wanted me, what were, what were the things, what were some things that he wanted me to pray for, for people? Uh, or what did he want me to, just what did he want me to share? What did he want me to, to do? Um, he told me specifically, in fact, I was sitting in church when he told me this. It was during a service, and he dropped it in my spirit, and he asked me to pray for the women who have had abortions and for God to heal their hearts and their wombs. And so right now, I speak to every woman who's ever had an abortion, whether they were forced into it, whether they had no choice in it, or whether they made a choice out of out of fear, whatever the case may be, because some people unfortunately have had abortions forced on them and it was not their fault at all. They had no choice in the matter. Now, God is faithful to forgive you. Now, don't it's time to let the guilt go it's time to just forgive yourself and stop walking around in self-condemnation stop coming into agreement with the devil who beats you up every single time there's a mother's day or there's a birthday or there's an anniversary or what might have been the child's birthday or what could have been should have been might have been What happened, happened. Forgive yourself. Ask God to forgive you. If you've already asked him to forgive you, then he's forgiven you. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you can't forgive yourself, 
it's like Brother Frank said earlier, he's not going to forgive us if we don't forgive others. And that others includes us. Father God, right now, I come to you on behalf of every woman that's had an abortion, whether they chose to do it or it was forced on them, whatever the case may be, I, I, I bring them before you like you asked me. And I ask you right now to touch their wombs and make their wombs whole. Make them whole, every female part in there. Make it brand new, a creative miracle in the name of Jesus. If they're childbearing years, make it so they can have a baby, Father God. Whatever it is, open their womb, heal their womb. And, and, I, I, and, and I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for creative miracles. I thank you for healing their broken hearts. I thank you for helping them forgive themselves. I thank you for helping them get rid of the guilt because there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. I thank you, Father, that you've thrown our, our sins on the bottom of the sea of forgetfulness and you've cast them as far as the east is from the west. If you know anything about the east is from the west, it just keeps on going. It never meets. So that means it's gone. Father, touch them, hold them. Let them know they're forgiven. Let them know they're loved. Let them know that they will see their baby when they get to heaven. If they're saved, they'll see their baby. Let them know that I speak peace beyond understanding in your life right now. And I thank you. Now, I want to tell the people that have had the abortions out there, God is the one who told me to pray for you tonight. And you know what that means? That means that he wants to deliver you, to heal you, because he told me to pray for your womb. So he wants to deliver you, heal you, and and heal your broken heart and, and remove the shame. He already took that on his body. Jesus took that on his body when he went to Calvary and and he hung on the tree. So just know you're loved, you're valuable, you're precious, you're forgiven. Forgive yourself. And Father, right now I pray for any any man involved in that or any father that was affected by that or also any man that was involved in, in an abortion decision Um, whether it concerned their girlfriend, their wife, their daughter, their sister, or a friend, somebody they counseled, or a parishioner. Um, That prayer for healing, I pray for healing for them too, Father God, for any guilt they may be carrying. Father God, I just thank you that they are that, that you deliver them from that. You set them free. I set you free right now by the blood of Jesus. By the power of the name of Jesus and and the authority of that name, in the name of Jesus, I set you free. And I thank you, Father, for that. And I thank you for healing their hearts, too. And I give you glory for that in the name of Jesus. the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to give you a brief testimony that a woman told who was actually at a, a meeting of our pastor, Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown, 
this woman was prayed for, or she fell under the power of God, and she saw she saw her baby in heaven, and she was like um, this woman was 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 taken, you know, she was uh, in the spirit, and she saw her baby in heaven, and the little baby said to her, "I forgive you, mommy, I forgive you. I'm gonna be here when you come." When it's your time to come home to heaven, I'm going to be here for you. So be encouraged and know that God loves you and you're going to see your baby again. You're going to, well, for the first time, I should say, not again, but for the first time. You're healed. Let, let, your, let God heal you. Just let it go and let God, let the tears flow if you need. Let the joy come if you need to. And and I pray, Lord, for those who've had miscarriages, that you heal their womb as well. And that you give them a baby that they carried a full term that's healthy and whole. And I thank you for that, Father God. Thank you for touching them, touching their womb and healing them that they can have and conceive. And all those believing for children right now, Father God, I thank you for that they conceive. And I thank you that they carry it to full-term, healthy baby. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that. I give you all the glory for that. Now, I'm going to answer a call. There's this lady that's been patiently waiting online. She called last week. Uh, Some of you, if you listened last week, um, heard some that I'm going to go and answer a call. Hold on, bear with me, please. Hello, Donna. How are you? I'm sorry to keep you waiting there. I felt led to pray for those people. So um, this is uh, is this Donna? Yes, it is, and that uh, is fine. I was I was linking my face with you and and praying with you. Praise God. Praise God. How are you doing? I am doing well, thank you. Enjoyed the show. Do every week. And I just had been sitting here and was listening, and, you know, um, I I was thinking about what you were saying, especially when you were talking about, you know, with with, uh, Peter and on, with uh, and John, and with their shadow, and the people would, you know, lay the sick in the road, uh, and, you know, hoping that they would walk by and just their shadow would fall over them, because when it it did, then the, the people were being healed. And, you know, the reason why that happened was because they were so full of the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit flowing through their lives. They were so filled up with the Holy Spirit that even their shadow had the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God in it to to heal the sick when they went by. And, you know, we can get to that point ourselves if we are willing to pay the price, if we are willing to spend the time on our knees, on our face before God and pray and and seek him, then we can walk in that same kind of anointing that the apostles did. And we will see the healings happen. We will see the salvations happen. We will we'll see all of that happen in our own lives and through our lives um, because, you know, God doesn't, he's no respecter of persons. What he, the way he used them, he will use us. He wants to use them that way 
if we would just come before him and spend that time with him like they did to be able to be at that point. I, I agree with that. That is so. That is such a good point because the anointing so strong that their shadow, just their shadow, yeah, yeah. I mean, healed them, and that's and paying the price, like you said, giving things up that that we know are 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 hindering us in our our walk with the Lord. Like if if there's something standing, you know, spiritual junk food. If it's too much TV, obviously things that are done in, in, in moderation, um, you know, if it's done in moderation and it's, you're you're watching the right things, you're not watching things that are not of God, you know, you're watching things that are not going to hinder your, your walk with the Lord or something. But if you're watching too much TV or you're online too much or you're on Facebook too much or you're just wherever it is and what just cutting out the spiritual junk food and paying the price. Like you said, cutting all those things out so you can go to the next level. Cause like with a hot air balloon, there comes a time where you got to drop all the weight and you got to drop things out so they can go higher. That's right. That's right. And you know, God is a covenant God and God has made a covenant with us, but for him to fulfill his part of it, we have to fulfill ours. Um, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them, and I will heal their land. And, you know, it's not just the land that he'll heal, it's the people, it's us. First, it'll start off with our own healings, if there's anything that we need, uh, you know, any area we need healing in. And then it will flow from us to others around us. Yes, exactly. But, I, you know, I, the, our part of that is is we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face. You know, I've been studying here lately um, the great revivals. Um, and I know in school we studied that uh, quite, you know, during church history and all the different uh, great awakenings that happened and all and the, the Welch Revival and everything, and I've been studying the, the great healing revivals and things, and, you know, the one thing they all have in common is b- before the the revival ever broke out, before they saw the thousands come to know the Lord and the, the hundreds of thousands miraculously healed, was people took the time to set aside the time to get on their face before God, to pray, to intercede, to get their lives right, for God to be able to work through them. And after, when they did that, and but not until they did that, then the revivals broke loose. Then everyone they came in contact with, they they would just fall on their face in repentance before God, and they would all, were all healed. I know it's it it. it, it. Exactly, and I'm just sitting here, and I I know I'm like stuttering, but I'm just thinking about the awesomeness, how if that's a word, how awesome God is, and if we just will let it, we let go of, it's like you know, of of we just press in to His presence and do whatever it is that we need to do to get to that next level, and and uh, 
I'm just, I'm really feeling the anointing very strong, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what they mean. The priests could not stand to do their ministerial duties. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, it is true. We have to let go of us to take in all of God. And when we do that, you know, then we will walk in divine health. We will walk in divine prosperity. We will walk in a a way that everything that we've ever needed or desired in our lives will be ours because we'll be walking in the fullness of what God wants, and that's what he wants. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be going out and ministering to others and allowing his power to work through us to, to reach out to to the others that are hurting, uh, just like you've been doing tonight with the with the women that have had abortions and and um, that you know that has that leaves so many scars, so much pain in a person. Uh, you know, not just the physical. That I mean, the physical they get over after a little while, but that lasting scar, that lasting pain, that lasting stigmatism that they put on themselves even. Because they had the abortion and all, um, the cutters, um, you know. Um, but before we can reach out, we've got to spend that time calling out to God and and filling ourselves up with Him and with His Word. Right, I agree with that, and it's very much and and also allowing Him and to deliver us, you know, allowing Him to. To let go of uh, allowing him to touch us and and heal us because because um, with uh, with for example I I couldn't I wouldn't have a testimony about about being an ex cutter you know that I that I used to cut if I if I wasn't delivered I wouldn't be able to you know allow that to have a testimony to, to help somebody else know that hey you can get delivered from this. Uh, That's right. You know, you know, and 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 I I understand what they're going through, but I wouldn't it, it, unless I didn't, you know, if God didn't do a work in my heart, then I wouldn't be able to 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 tell you know to tell the people that. And and in Romans eight twenty two through twenty four, it says we know that that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? So all of creation is groaning for us to come into our as you said, our fullness. That's right. That's right. And, you know, in, in this, this lost and dying world is the only really that they have, of course, is Jesus, but the, the only real hope that ever received Jesus is through us. People that may never go to church. They may never walk into a church on their own if we don't reach out to them, if we don't go outside the walls and take it out there. 
I agree with that. You're breaking up a little bit, Donna. Your phone is breaking up a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go, and I love you. I love you, too. I'm so glad you called back this week, and, and uh, you know, we'd love to have you call in any time, and, and um, I sure do love you, and, and uh, I thank you for calling in. Okay. You have a good one. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I'm so glad that Donna called in, and if you'd like to call in, we've got about 15 minutes, and the area code is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. There's a, a lot of things that, uh, um, I mean, I've been delivered from, a lot of things, the uh, eating disorder I had had anorexia, bulimia, overeating, and I actually used to be up to about close to 250 pounds, maybe. Um, So I was almost 250 pounds at one time from overeating and just compulsive eating. And then I had the bulimia, which is where you binge, and then you end up uh, getting rid of it, or I should say is a nice way of saying uh, purging, um... And then the anorexia where I didn't eat at all. And bearing in mind that this was all, I I, I started all of that when I was 15 15 years old. So that right there is is, not healthy because your body, well, it's not healthy, period. (laughs) To go days without eating or just having a cracker here or there and just going like two, three days before you even eat anything and maybe just drinking water. But that's, I mean, and and then binging and then getting rid of it is not healthy either. Neither is overeating. None of it's healthy. It's all food addiction, food, sadness, all the eating disorders. And um, but none of that's healthy. But um, to let you know that you can, you can be delivered from that. You can be healed from that because. God can heal you from anything. He took all our sickness on himself, all our sickness, all our sin. He took that on the cross and well, on his body. And then he took it on the cross and then he, he was, uh, he's, you know, died and then he's very rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of the father praying for you. He's interceding for us. And so fathers and our fathers in heaven, who's God and Jesus at the right hand interceding for you and me. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But to to let you know that you can be healed from that, you know, it took some time, but I, I, uh, with, with that anorexia, I, I had not eaten in about a week, like about seven days. And my body went into shock and I almost died. And so they put me in a in a place where I could get some counseling. It was a place specifically for people with eating disorders, and I was there for quite some time. and And I learned new coping skills, and and that where I could cope with things, and where I could because um, a lot of these things like uh, cutting and eating disorders, things like that, are done by people uh, so that they don't have to deal with their feelings or because their feelings are too intense. So 
with that, when I was in, when I was getting therapy, um, as I said, they, they give you different coping skills, but also one of our assignments that we had to do, which felt very uncomfortable for a while, was we had to pick out five things that we liked physically. For example, if I liked my eyes or if I liked my nose or just whatever it was, a, a phys- five physical features. And then we had to pick out five things that we liked about ourselves. Like, for example, did I have a sense of humor? Uh, did I like that about myself? Did I like the fact that I was nice to people or, you know, that I was um, outgoing? What did I like about myself? It was so much easier to do those things. I could do those things for other people. I, I could look at another person. I could say, oh, they've got nice eyes. They've got nice uh, hair. They've got, I like the way they do their, their just whatever, you know, the, about their physical appearance, the nice things. And I could pick out five things almost instantly that I liked about their character, their their personality. When it came to myself, I'm, I was... um. Uh, and I sat there with a piece of paper for a really long time. And sometimes it took me a while before I could actually get all five because they told us even if you can only pick one. So eventually I picked out five things that I liked about myself physically and five things that I liked about my personality, about my character. And we were supposed to, we were supposed to just really focus on that. And when we looked in the mirror, Look at those five, those five things. Like if I liked my, I liked my eyes, and I so I'd look and I said, okay, well I like like my eyes. I have nice eyes, and um, or whatever it was. Now, one thing that's very important that we learned was not to compare ourselves with other women because a lot of times people will compare themselves with a a magazine uh, model. Um, well, really, honestly, who's probably, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but some may have an eating disorder because they want to stay on the magazine. They don't want to. But anyway, the issue is they're, they're airbrushed. It's, it's airbrushed. They're, the picture is airbrushed. If you compare yourself with a, with a magazine cover model, any kind of model, you're you're not going to win. And the same goes if you compare yourself to somebody. Okay, for example, if somebody's like 50 years old and they just happen to be in the bathroom and there's another person standing there and they're maybe 20 years old and they're looking at themselves and they're comparing themselves and you're not going to win. Even if you stood in front of the mirror by next to another 50-year-old, you are not going to win in that comparison unless you unless what you're doing is um uh unless what you're doing is doing comparing them in in a bad way and saying oh well I look better in this way that way and the other way but but the majority of the time people with eating disorder is comparing themselves to somebody else and they're not going to win. You're never going to win when you compare yourself to somebody else. 
you're just going to feel more insecure. You're not going to like your body more. You can say, oh, why why do they have um, better looking nose and my nose is big or why do they have, why do they have, um, why do they just, they look so pretty when they do their hair like that. Well, quit comparing yourself with people. You're not going to win. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, God, thank you for my eyes. They're beautiful. Thank you for my hair. I love it. Thank you the way it's done. I may have brown hair or or my hair may be graying, getting gray, but, but thank you, God, that I have hair. Thank you that I that I may not you know maybe you know if you're older maybe maybe everything's just just whatever it is look and and look and ask God to help you see yourself the way He sees you and to see Him in your eyes and and just look but don't compare yourself to others look. After praying and say, "Hey, this is what I, this is how God made me." And you know what? If God made you that way, which He did, then you're you're beautiful, you're perfect, and you're beautiful because He does not make junk, and He's very creative, and He knows exact, and He knew exactly how to make you. So in a nutshell, with all of that, I learned not to compare myself. I learned how to like things about myself and and not the bad stuff. And and when I had a feeling, not hide it with food. We we, we were deprived of the the comfort, the so-called comfort foods. And so when you, you don't have your comfort foods or whatever food it is, or if it's the cutting or whatever, then you're forced to deal with the feeling that you're not wanting to deal with. So we learn that. And and I thank God I, I don't have any issues with that anymore. I haven't for a really, really long time, many years. I have not had issues with, with anorexia or bulimia or overeating. I've had temptations. I may have had a cookie here or there too much, but that was because it was. But it wasn't in the eating disorder thing, if I should say. So God set me free of cutting, and He set me free of anorexia, bulimia, and overeating, to where I was close to 250 pounds. So if He did that for me, He's not a respecter of persons. He took that sickness on himself on the cross if he did it for me he can do it for you and I take authority over every eating disorder in the name of Jesus and I speak to it I bind it in the name of Jesus and cursed be that foul work I put the blood of Jesus on you right now in the name of Jesus you will not torment these people anymore I command you to go in the name of Jesus and and ser- uh, just go wander barren desert places, searching for rest and finding none. And I thank you, Father, for for showing them, revealing to them how beautiful they are. And this is not just for the women out there; it's for men too, because men have eating disorders as well. So I pray and I thank you, Father. I thank you for revealing to them and putting a desire in themselves, sending effective 
Christian labors across our path to show them the way of how they can be free. And who the Son has set free is free indeed. And I give you all the glory, the honor, the praise in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. If anybody has any prayer requests, just call one 857 4837 that's 866-857-4837. If you have any prayer requests at all or you want to email, send it to Fire Talk Radio, the number two, at Outlook.com. That's Fire Talk Radio, the number two, at Outlook.com. And just, just if it... it, it um, if you're interested in going to Bible college, there's um, an intake, the uh, River Bible Institute, the River School of Worship, and the River School of Government. You can call that same number that I just gave you and let, let them know you're interested. And that's coming up. Um, that's actually started uh, Monday, but there's still some time, I believe. I'm not. You can call and find out anyway. They're giving away scholarships to those who qualify. And if you're ever in the Central Florida area, the, um, the the church we go to is the River at Tampa Bay Church, and it's 3738 River International Drive, Tampa, Florida 33610. That's 3738 River International Drive, Tampa, Florida 33610. And also, you can go to Revival. Dot com that's r e b i v a l dot com and you can you can watch archive sh- uh, church services or you can watch them live or you can actually watch last sunday's service on the loop it's it's on the loop so um and you can watch our services uh, their services are from sunday sunday at uh sunday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Or Wednesday at 7 p.m. We've got about one minute and 40 seconds. So just giving you some announcements here so that you'll have all this information before we go. And I'm I'm believing that 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 the Lord is touching you, and I'm believing. You know, God sent His Word and healed all our diseases and delivered us from all our destructions. And if nobody's ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he has a great plan for your life. And God forbid, if you should die this very second and you're not sure you're going to go to heaven, mean it with your heart and repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And I want to tell you right now, the Lord heard you, and he's he's forgiven you of everything. And know that he has a plan for you. He has forgiven you of everything, and just know that. And just know that we've got about 30 seconds left. So tomorrow is Dr. Frank Summerall's Bible study from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'd uh, love to have you come back next Monday at seven p. I mean at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And I want you to know you're loved, you're valuable, you are accepted in the beloved. Until we meet again, may he hold you in the palm of his hand and give you sweet peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Get to JCPenney today. We're here and have all the things you're looking for. Like the latest fall fashions for you and your family, from trusted brands like Arizona and Liz Claiborne to exclusive collections like Libby Edelman and Project Runway. And everything for your home, from stylish decor to brand name appliances. We also have an exclusive in-store offer just for you. Get 20% off any way you pay on select items throughout the store. Click here to download or print your coupon today. Make the smart move to JCPenney. That's getting your pennies worth. Coupon required, valid 915 to 1029, in-store only on select items. Appliances and some other exclusions apply. See store for details.